This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. Hey folks, welcome to the Dennis Miller Show. I could read the ad right out of the box, but I think I'll hold off on it. Build some sort of anticipation, some sort of luxuriant ketchup bottle flipped upside down, Carly Simon singing Anticipation as the thick sugar tomato based edges, edges, edges towards the end of the bottle falls onto the Portillo dog. Mm, That's a good chew. Hey folks. You know, I'm so vain. I think this commercial is about me. It is. Anytime I say Portillo, oh god, folks, if you ever had, if you ever ever never had a ever never had, what does that equal at the end of the day? If you've ever never, if you've ever never had, is that a double negative though? Uh, No, because if you said never, never, it seems like a quintessentially positive. It seems like a bracketing of the utter positive and utter negative, and yet it turns out to be what if you've ever. If you've ever never. never. Yeah. It's just redundant. No, 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 no second never. Just if you've ever never had a. Equals, you could just say if you've never if you've had never. a Portillo's hot dog. Right. You have to do sort of a sentence diagramming algebraic two column proofs. Where you, or is that geometry? Yeah, that's geometry. Remember where you'd have a two column proof and you'd cross things out? In that instance, uh, you know, and you'd come up with x equals two. Yeah. Uh, in that instance, you'd cut out the ever. All right, for the four of you still choosing to listen to this at this moment, after that rollout. I think it was long for the good old days when a coronavirus was a mere hangover. And the times we live in, oh, I did that last time, didn't I? <laughs> did I do I miss attractive people on commercials? You have talked about that before, but I, I miss them I mean, too. really, it's so debasing. I was watching uh, some fat people who saved money on an item, and they made them do the electric boogaloo. And God, it was, I don't, am I the only one mortified? I mean, I, no wonder people walk through their lives and they're so happy and unaffected. Because I literally have to stop my day down when I see something like that. And go, oh, fuck, why? What do they think about us? It's, it's like a Don Lemon sort of vibe they have about <laughs> us that we're just all... I'm telling you, Don, uh, I know Don thinks he's the cat's pajamas. But uh, he didn't help his side. In that argument, how many times are they going to run that between now and the election? Him, and I've met that one guy. He was nice enough. Wilson, I believe, is his name. And the third guy, you could see the guy on the right wanted to join the reindeer games, but he thought this is a bad optic for us to be sitting here. Like, uh, you know, George Bernard Shaw talking about those people. And uh, not a good look. And I see the RNC already came up with an ad. For those of you who don't know what I mean, you must know what I mean. Just just assume that not everybody knows. Well, I guess that uh, they were talking about somebody in the Trump campaign and uh, saying they could get away with this sort of mindlessness because Trump voters are mindless because they don't get into facts. Then they get into, like, rural southern voices and... uh, you know, it's it, everything's inverted. I, I can just think of the end of your life as you know it. If you did a, a Chinese voice, Christian, do a Chinese. <laughs> Greetings, honorable customer. There you go. Like if you did that, tis coronavirus <laughs> season here at Quack Brothers. <laughs> or a black voice, you'd be over. Would you like to hear but my black did, voice? Uh, Greetings, uh, honorable customer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's you pretty safe. Me. You kill me, you little motherfucker. You kill me. Get over here and let me give you some Indian head rub. Oh, now my career's gone. Yeah, you meant to say Indian head rub. Indian head rub. And I meant uh, like Gandhi, India. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a small minority. You talk about oppressed people. There's a small minority of Native Americans who live in India. And what do you think their day is like? <laughs> All day long to hear Indian and uh, 
they're not even allowed to be aggrieved because they think they're referring. Yeah, maybe they're referring to them, but really tiny down down near uh, Ajabar to create an Indian city. Yeah. By the way, can they? Why couldn't they? Can they move? Can they get one? Some of those furniture movers, you know, where you put a little plastic disc into the four legs on your sofa and you can take it around the Cape of Good Hope and have it back by the next morning. Can we get like some of those in an industrial side and move the uh, Taj Mahal to someplace that's accessible? Because I don't know if you've been there, Christian. Uh, uh, I've only been once. Well, I don't want to, and I, and I won't go back now, so no, I, I'm not going to see it. Yeah, no. If you brought you know, it to Cleveland, I, I might go look at it. Yeah, it's a tough, tough country. And you got to put some of it on them. I know. People are going to say, no, no, it's us. I, I don't know who it is, but uh, how's about just as a national mantra? How's about picking shit up? Just pick well, that's the up. fault of the imperialist British overlords. I, I get it, but just pick some shit up. Do, <laughs> do your thing. Although you see the most amazing sights there. And they're not all heartbreaking. I saw, you know, they chisel marble. Uh, and they do it out in the front yard uh, in certain towns. You drive down the main drag, and guys have used some tools, but you, you can see them. And my wife got a picture. I'll try to put it up. You drive down the main drag, and there's a guy in, like, uh, you know how they wear clothes over there. I don't, I don't know what they call their <laughs> clothes, but, you know, Roby stuff. Sure. And I don't mean Rick Roby, who, along with uh, Mike Phillips, was one of the original Twin Towers in the University of Kentucky Wildcat basketball team. Um, I, I mean, sort of a Roby T.E. Lawrence type feel. And it was gray, a darkish room. And all he had open was an eye slit, and he had like arc welder glasses on. And his entire other thing was covered in white marble dust. It was the wildest picture. And uh, it was one of those things where it was so astounding as we drove by him in our open air thing on the way to the. Uh, Tiger camp I was going to. And by Tiger, I mean Tiger. But I grew up in Pittsburgh, so I say Tiger. And people think, you went all the way over there and see kids ride on uh, uh, the IRT line and spray paint your name on <laughs> Yeah, No, no, I meant uh, Tony, the, Tony the Tiger. And I don't mean to insult uh, Italians there. No. But obviously, I'm just trying to look how everything could be misconstrued now, Tony, an Italian. Man. But over there, they By the way, spray paint tigers, so it actually is correct. Wow. That'd be an interesting thing to do. Start putting your signature piece would be a tiger, and you'd tag it on all things, and that would be a... Are you listening, Banksy? Banksy? <laughs> well, he's, he's still out Throw the gift shop exit! <laughs> um. But uh, it was entirely covered in dust. And it's one of those odd things where you're looking over. You're like six feet away from them. The road's so tight and you're trying to dodge a big piece of uh, either elephant or human dung. I can't even tell. You know, either fat human or elephant. But there's a lot of shit in the street there. And he looks up and he gives me a look like, what the fuck are you looking at? And I'm thinking, you, you cannot accommodate me, the Westerner, that you're sitting there in arc welders? And a dark gray robe that's covered entirely in white marble dust, and that I'm six feet away and I might glance at you. You know, it's like I say about my hometown, Pittsburgh, there's no quicker town in America. I mean, that should be its town logo. You know, St. Louis has the arch. We have the quickest to what the fuck are you looking at in America? <laughs> you you can you can catch somebody in your peripheral vision for an eye blink, and you'll hear what the fuck are you looking at, motherfucker. In Pittsburgh, but he gave me that, and I, I, you know, almost said, uh, you know, well, I, I'm sorry, I'm not being rude. It's just fascinating what you're doing. And then I thought, oh Christ, that's all I need for him to pull a cobra out of a rattan purse and lock it onto my fucking face. <laughs> you can see I'm an easy traveler, and I trust implicitly. Yeah. I actually had a guy come up to me, and it, you talk about phoning in a skill set. It's like the guy who dresses up like a silver Statue of Liberty in Venice and then trembles through the day where you're <laughs> right. thinking, I don't move this much. What is this kid at the Hepburn thing? What is he doing? <laughs> so there's that phoning it in here. We call that uh, promenade phoning it in. But I was at uh, some old castle and a guy came up to me and just flipped down a rattan uh, 
spittoon, took the lid off, pulled out a shit flute. Anytime a flute has two holes in it, I'm not on board. <laughs> you know what I mean? What Can you get him another fucking hole? He's got, like, you know, big holes on either end of it, or you wouldn't have a flute. Sure. But at that point, it's in essence a blowgun, right? Yeah. He put two holes in it, two tiny holes. So what, what sort of, uh, you know, it's not exactly uh, Ian Anderson on the Aqualog <laughs> tour. And he goes, <laughs> and the Cobra comes out. And he looks at me, uh, you know, as I go to my car. I'm in a pretty, you know, like a Mercedes rental or something. And a driver who was opening the door for me. Maybe that was bad form. But, yeah, you should have uh, been opening the door for him. Yeah. And I was watching uh, in the inside uh, Kevin Costner's The Untouchables, and the guy thought I was mocking the locals. <laughs> <laughs> the Untouchables becomes a whole different film. <laughs> and he, he's putting his hand out, and he's lit, and he then lifts up the cobra spittoon. and doesn't brandish it, but now it's up off the ground. And, you know, uh, his hand's out, and now I have to wonder if he moves it around. Oh, Christ, travel. Stay home, folks. Get some mint Milanas, lock the door, and start fucking binge-watching young Sheldon, because there's nothing out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I, I uh, pull a, a dollar bill out, and then I think, oh, Christ. It's like I do when somebody gets me a cab at a hotel, I think, uh, one dollar. It's barely an afterthought. Give him a two dollar bill, or and not two. I don't want. I don't want to give him a two dollar bill. Then you, all of a sudden, you're kicked out for making fun of gay people out of India. That's the problem. And I uh, give him two dollars, and then I get in the car. And my driver says, "You know, that's more than he was going to make in the next eight years." <laughs> and you realize what real poverty is. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, we're on. 10 minutes down the road, and I go back and I get the other fucking dollar off the guy. <laughs> well, plus he's got to give 80 cents of it to the Snake Charmers Union, so he really only gets a little of it. Well, listen, I said to him, he, he said, why would you want one of the $2 back? And all of a sudden, I was talking to David Niven, and I said, <laughs> uh, why, well, I'm told that two is too much. And uh, he, very savvy, and I don't mean to say savvy in some sort of old Gunga Din way where I'm making fun of people. Sorry, just call, I'm, I, I don't want to interact with the general public today, so I'm trying to stop things short of them actually emailing me and saying, <laughs> why did you hurt my feelings? I can't get out of bed. I, I know, everybody's in bed. And the entire culture is turned into Hefner at the Playboy Mansion in Chicago, putting together the May issue in his round bed. And here's how he shut me down. Pretty, pretty smart. He said, I, he said, I don't have the other dollar. And I said, where is it? And he gave it to the snake. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, snake had balled it up, and I could see it moving through his, uh, you know, that move. Yeah, sure. They feed the, they feed the snake like a uh, Volkswagen Jetta. <laughs> and they go, look, you can see it moving through. I, I, I know. It's big. The snake's small. But snakes, they will receive big food. And that, if, if there's anything you take away <laughs> from this show today, it's that snakes, tiny garter snakes. And uh, I, I went to a uh, herpetologist's wedding once, and he took the, uh, the bride's garter snake off and uh, threw it to the ground. <laughs> and... Uh, you can if you're if you're of a you're predisposed if you're feeding the snakes and that's why you know you think uh pigeon guys in central park bother you wait till you get to hell when you're in the town square and everybody's feeding the, the snakes you can feed them a whole thuringer or summer sausage and that's what <laughs> i like to feed them and unless they're very contrary and they pop it up you know Upside down, you know, or straight up like a little contact cold capsule and take it down that way, which is really tough to watch. They can eat a summer sausage and they just look zoftic, you know, or a little or a Rubenesque, let's say. I've seen an anaconda eat a summer sausage and merely look Rubenesque. And that's the title of my new book. <laughs> <My new laughs> I'm so glad. 
what are we doing? What are we doing? More of this. Um, along for the old days. Now, what is what is up with the NFL with this Super Bowl halftime show? Oh, the NFL question. is so fucked up. They don't know how to be. All they do is talk about every social movement and how many of their guys have, uh, over the years have uh, either unloaded on a woman or hit a woman. And yet, you know, it strikes me a little odd. And, th- and this will tell you how uh, put off I am by the modern social justice incessant, incessant attention to it. That where I'll actually notice a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. You remember when you first saw them? Well, they, yes, the outfits were a little dowdy at that point. But eventually they became strip club worthy. And you'd look at them and go, wow. Uh, now I actually look at them and it feels duplicitous to me. Where I'll say, uh, why, why are they doing that? <laughs> Maybe that's 66 and I'm not going to complain too loudly. I don't want to be the guy who says, I don't want to strip, strip club outfits on a cheerleader. But... Um, it does seem silly. And then when I watch the commercial for the halftime show, all they do is honor women and strength of women and women in the booth, women asking the two questions you're allotted as you come off the sideline. Every football show now, Roundtable, is hosted by women. Women are strong, strong women. And literally, the brief commercial they show you for the halftime show is Shakira, like, turning to a wall mm-hmm. and showing her... Hurt derriere, mm-hmm. and then you know J Lo. Oh, Jesus. I do. She has been in the uh, lead car at the uh, Rose Bowl Camel Toe Parade for so long now, and uh, it, which it's is odd so for funny someone known be... for her caboose to be the lead car. <laughs> now look, what are they? What sort of message are they sending? The commercial is only ten seconds long. Yeah. And they show around three shots, and I'm thinking, well, are, are women strong and to be taken seriously, and you're not allowed to notice, you know, when Hannah Storm shows up? Remember that big kerfuffle? Tony uh, Kornheiser said something about one of the ESPN correspondents dressing yeah. a little, uh, what would you call that, uh, not appropriately for the office place, right? And he got in trouble. I, I, and I was just thinking, um, I, I heard a guy speaking the other day about Jessica... Mendoza, right? Who I don't even completely disagree with on Mike Fires. Everybody can act like Mike Fires is, uh, you know, the the un- unnamed whistleblower Eric Chiarmella. But the fact is, uh, if you were in the Oakland A's locker room this year, Christian, and yeah. Mike Fires was your teammate, how much would you reveal in front of Mike Fires about anything that might be deemed in these uptight times a little controversial? I'd be afraid to let him know what our signs are. You know, <laughs> well, but beyond kidding, no, really, but seriously, people are yeah. just human beings. And I'm telling you, there's nobody in that league who can say it out loud now because they don't want to have to quit baseball or whatever the punishment is now. But if somebody just said, hey, I agree with Jessica Mendoza, who said she wished fires had handled it a different way, maybe gone to the owner or the commissioner's office and all that before he went on um, Ken Rosenthal's podcast and said it. No, listen, I, you know, I, I know Fires might have his, uh, I, I heard an interesting thing he said that rang legitimate to me where he said that they were lighting up too many young pitchers and he as a pitcher, uh, that at least made sense to me, thought, well, they're being sent back to the minors now in perpetuity, maybe some of them, because they didn't, when they got to the show, they didn't answer the call. So I thought, well, maybe that rings true, but I, I'm wondering if there was another first step he could have taken. Um for instance, like in his head, does he ever think? I, I pretty much think Alex Cora is like Shoeless Joe Jackson, right? He'll never work again, will he? I, I don't think so. He'll never be in baseball again. And I know that this uh, cheating thing was, I put it this way, I mean, I'm a bit of a skeptic. I, I think they were out of 30 teams, some sort of sign-stealing thing. What I, what I have to guess, uh, I'd guess somewhere above 20 yeah. or at 20. I think that's. I'd say two fair. out of three said so. Yeah. Uh, so that, that and I, I can't prove that, but nobody else can prove that it was only these two teams. But anyway, core is done, and I wonder what Fires thinks about that. He, he'll, he'll never be in baseball again. And Fires might say, "Hey, that's on Alex." Yeah, I'm sure, but it would weird me out a little if I had ended the Cats thing. 
Um, but anyway, Jessica Mendoza said something to that effect that she wished he'd handled it in another way. And I heard a guy speaking about it on the baseball network the other day in my car, the MLB network, listening because I'm so psyched for spring training. But Jessica Mendoza and the, the guy, uh, somebody said, I wonder if ESPN, they're so uptight, will fire her. Is it because she has the additional conflict that she's a paid contributor to the New York Mets? Correct. And sometimes they don't like to put people who are in the booth. But then somebody pointed out A-Rod was in there when he was in the so that maybe that one doesn't do you in. But you know how uptight they are over there. You remember that poor bastard who was announcing the Venus Williams tennis match and she was crashing the net and all that and coming full bore trying to take the wind out of the opposing player right off the bat. And he said she was using guerrilla tactics. You know, that man's still done. Yeah. No, I know. He's marked for life. Uh, and But the guy said that uh, Jessica Mendoza would not be fired because, and then he couldn't even say it, but everybody knows why. They can't fire a woman. And I just thought, boy, what we have wrought right now. And then you see all the people and, you know, every time I see Elizabeth Moss, she just says Trump and puts on the flying nun habit for that show and acts like it's Trump who's bringing all this shit down. Did you ever hear Trump saying somebody shouldn't, or maybe I've missed it, but he seems like a tweet madman. <laughs> and I don't really hear him. You know, sometimes he uh, fences with people on Twitter, but I haven't heard him shut down people or say they should be shut down. And people are going to say, um, I don't mean Twitter and that. I, 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 you know, they're, they're saying, well, he's about to shut down John Bolton. Yeah, he should. If there's shit in a room that can get us in trouble in the world's eyes with nuts, uh, you know, let's just think of, uh, you know, uh, crazy Islam, uh, the terrorist part of it, as really uptight uh, people who use bombs. Over here, we haven't got to that point. It's still a tube sock with a D-cell in it. We'll get you cranked upside the head at a rally. But at this point, nobody's using bombs. So uh, I understand if uh, Bolton uh, wants to write a book and talk about certain shit. You know, and Trump, he ordered two big men. I get it. They all hate him. He fired him. He th he, uh, I like John, but I, I, I think at some point John's a big ego, too. And Trump's a bigger ego. And the bigger ego had the bigger job, and he fired him. But uh, if, if Bolton's going to go in, and he said this about uh, the United Arab Emirates, you know, ostensibly friends, and then starts, no, I, I want Trump to shut him down. But as far as the Internet goes, it, it amazes me that the left and this, uh, I don't want to say, you can see what they do is they lure you into using the obvious nickname for something that is succinct and to the point, and they then make you a tinfoil hat guy if you use it. For instance, we have to find, there should be somebody who sets the bar or sets the thing out, just the next evolution. Uh, you know, they've moved on from Democrat to liberal to progressive. They always uh, leave the campfire burning and move on to the next site. Uh, but they, they know that, uh, you know, Christ, half the Republicans are such squares. They're using Arsenio's. That's my posse thing over there still. Or <laughs> I've got bling and bling is in the heels. Shout out to the dog pound. Yeah, that's how square Republicans are for the most part. But uh, I do think that um, we have to move on from the, and I'll say it once because I have to point out what I'm saying, cancel culture will now be used against you that you're a tinfoil hat person. But the simple fact is, on the left, if you say the wrong thing, they want your livelihood. And to be honest, you can see them leaning in on some people to the point where I used to think the Clintons leaned in on Lewinsky, and if she did herself or cracked up, they wouldn't have had a problem with it. And I, you can see that on the left now, that uh, certain people are, you know, step outside the, uh, the thing and say something, and they just uh, brace them so horribly on the Internet that there's been instances. I was reading a story on the Internet about somebody recently who ended up killing themselves because they might have, uh, I can't remember the exact story, but uh, public figures or quasi-public figures who make pronouncements and then are so beat up on the internet that they off themselves. Pretty dangerous out there. So find something else for that double C thing I just learned, but but used. But the, the simple fact is you really, God, I haven't tweeted in a while. You, you still put the things up, right? Yeah, Christian? let people know where they can find the show. And we yeah, have, and, Lindsay uh, makes these Facebook. nice audiograms. Yeah, Facebook but too. 
I just remember thinking, I don't have the chops for this anymore. Because I come from a relatively carefree area where you could make a joke about people and some of their obvious, uh, I don't even want to say deficiencies, but foibles, as I have mine. Christ, I, you know, I, I find it sort of uproarious if somebody does it effectively when they mock my, uh, let, let's say, uh, uh, vocabulary. I don't know, maybe it does come from insecurity, but overplaying that intricate vocabulary card, but it's become sort of my comedic monkey trick. I do do it now to get the corn kernel instead of the electric shock. But when somebody does an effective job of making me that sourpuss just going, and uh, it's like Aristophanes, when he wasn't chewing on pebbles, uh, he was chewing on the pebble that Ronnie Howard threw across the pond at the beginning. I get it. That's funny to me. But nobody else seems, <laughs> you know, people always talk about how uh, we're all stratified. Uh, and I always think it has nothing to do with the color of anybody's skin. <laughs> it has everything to do with the thinness. It is diaphanous. It is three-day-old Neutrogena at this point. And you can see through how thin-skinned people are. But I, I remember thinking, I, gotta, I should stop going on these things. I'm going to screw up. And I don't think it's the end of the world as we know it. Uh, I got a taste of it when I said something about that woman. Um, Michelle Wolf. Michelle. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I can't say Wolf anyway because I can't pronounce it. But um, Michelle Tiger. Uh, yeah. I made uh, something about her where I was trying to say that I didn't know who she was. Yeah. So I was going to sit down for a few days and study her and then come up with something hateful after she embarrassed Sarah Huckabee. Uh, nobody got the joke. Uh, no. so, and justifiably, I can't do the thing where... You act like they should have got it. I guess I was clumsy with it. And I ended up in the barrel at the base of the horseshoe falls for a few days, and you can't come up for air. But I remember thinking that was a frivolous one compared to what can happen to you. And I just thought, Dennis, you're not sharp enough to be on the Internet anymore. So I'm glad you're still putting up things, but I haven't done it in a while. And Instagram, I, I still do that because it seems like a friendlier thing, and occasionally I'll just snap a picture or find an old picture, and uh, I'm told that... Thursdays and Fridays, you can uh, put up things on Instagram that are old pictures. So if I find something of Dana and I when we're kids, I'll put it up. But um, Dana Carvey, that is. Trying to explain. Not Dana Delaney. Have you ever met Dana Delaney? I have not. I've only ever Super admired her cool. from before. <laughs> I don't know if you mean you just had the horn for her, but I thought that, that is that is that is she gets what I mean. it. Yeah, she's she is pretty. But I mean, she's super funny. And she gets it, and she's a cool dame. Oh, here's my big thing. Because <laughs> I, I went to put something up today in a post to a friend. Not a post. To, Christ, I don't have the lingo. Although I heard somebody, my favorite was ping, and everybody moved on from that so quickly. But I, I still yeah. like to say I ping something, and then my kids look at me like I'm Piltdown, man, and you know. Yeah. Um, Mike Murphy was a big ping guy. He was always pinging everyone. But I was sending somebody a text. And isn't it funny that when you send somebody about, hey, I just sent you, let's say, dollars, mm -hmm. you have to put the dollar sign first to make it look good. Yeah. So I got to one today where I was going to put percent up, uh, sending something to my money manager in New York. And it was, and I put the percent first, like the dollar, but it doesn't work. It does not. It looks odd. Look at it. Put up 100%, type it into your screen, and you have to put the percent thing at the back end of it. And yet they yeah. share so much in common, sort of, uh, you know, three pivotal pieces, the S snake, uh, eating the Thuringer, by the way, mm. not eating the Thuringer, but uh, the S snake and the dollar sign, and then two... Uh, river runs through it, slashes, going straight down. So three components, and it works best before the numbers. But the percentage thing, which I just use a slash that goes from left low to right high, and then two little zeros on the other side of it. It, it. Look how horrible it looks when you put it first. I don't like it. Yeah. We have been on for 48 hours, and that's what I spent my entire time hey, doing. That, important. breaking the Enigma code with a guy who was... Uh, worried about uh, homosexuality being a felony. Well, it was a concern at that time. Can you imagine that in swinging London, yeah. I, I wonder when they traded that thing out, 
Because London, you know, boy, you talk about abrupt uh, historic guillotine blades coming down. Or, you know, it's like slapping down the wall of China in between your grocery items and the person next to you, you know, in front of you at the uh, 15 items or less aisle. Uh, the demarcation there between swinging London, and I'd love to see when that rule was... Uh, 1967, right? uh, Parliament... Oh, de- so swinging... Yeah. The Beatles had been on the Sullivan Show yeah, and were under an Annapurna-sized avalanche of panties. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yet in 67, if a guy wanted to have oral sex with the, you know, the guy he loved, he could go, it's a felony. Yeah. Boy, that's a sl- that's a sloppy handoff, Jesus Christ! And I don't mean sloppy or hand. I don't want to go through all that. I'm talking about that is well, a the, really clumsy line of demarcation the, in historical the, England. The sloppy handoff was illegal until 1972. Weren't you in an improv troupe called Sloppy, sloppy Handoff? Yes, uh, and uh, we had a lot of trouble getting booked with that name, but uh, we were psychologists. And you told me uh, there were nights you were affirming three or four times. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you get tired and you have you to. You were the bell of the ball. Oh. You presented so many options so for many the options. gay improvisational community. In the one, you were short. Two, you're lovable. <laughs> Thank and you. And three, you were horrible at improv. So there was no threat. Yeah. But you know what? It was the first community that ever accepted me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Lindsay, you've accepted Christian. Have you? Have you accepted Christian into your life? (laughs) Let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the moon up above and the most useful app on my phone. Hard to find time to sit down, read, learn more. I'm in a constant search for knowledge, which I then try to forget as soon as I can. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem. I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist, truly unique, works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the urbane condensation, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and winnows it down into 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. You always read about Jack Kennedy or somebody having a stack of books on their side of their bed. Caesar's history of the Peloponnesian Wars and Ian Fleming's Doctor No. Jack was a very urbane reader. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that info right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestseller list as well as the classic non-fiction titles you've always meant to read but never had time to. I like Blinkist when I hike. Usually I go for a hike with a friend, but a couple times a week you can't make it, Jimmy. So I uh, put the buds in and use the Blinkist. And if I take an hour walk, I'm telling you, I can have 40 minutes of restorative thought in the middle or I can even meditate. But on the front end of it and the back end of it, I can knock off two books. I read an evergreen in this field that I never bought, but I thought I didn't have time to read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I always felt it was a bit of self-aggrandizing to think that I could be one of the highly effective people by Stephen Covey. But I listened, read read it, and uh, can I tell you, at the end of it, I felt highly effective as a human being. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, all for one low price. Right now, get in tight. I don't want the other shows to hear. Come in. For a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Dennis. Try it free for seven days. And then save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, 
spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com, slash Dennis, two N's, D-E-N-N-I-S, to start your free seven-day trial. And then, as I said, you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com, slash Dennis. All right, I'm watching Adam Schiff here, and uh, it always reminds me of uh, Jim Carrey when uh, 21-year-old Cameron Diaz walks into the movie The Mask. Yes. Adam Schiff has those big boing eyes, you know, the erectile eyes. And uh, what about, what about, uh, what about some Viagra eye drops? I'm listening. Well, Viagra meets Visine, where they both share, you know, you, the, the logo reads Vi. Sure. And then it splits into two little offshoots. Zine. Agra, mm-hmm. where you put your Viagra in, mm-hmm. not sublingually, which makes your tongue just shoot out like a viper uh, or a gila monster, but you put it in the eyes and you immediately get an erection. But granted, your eyes are popped out like Adam Schiff's. <laughs> he has some sort of ocular preapsis where. If you look like Adam Schiff for more than four hours, call your doctor. <laughs> Who's calling their doctor when they're eight hours in on a hard-on? Aren't you calling the Guinness Book? No. I'm going through my phone and uh, dialing up some X's, perhaps. <laughs> Thank you. So let's uh, talk about how... Match they... me, Sydney. Remember we were going to call this Match we, Me, We Sydney? did uh, in a previous version And then of the everybody said, what are, you, what are you doing? Who's Sydney? What are matches? Who's me? Um, yeah. The great Sidney Falco. One of the best movies ever made. Agreed. Directed by uh, uh, somebody who, quite shockingly, you, you would have thought. I think it's written by Clifford Odets. But uh, Al- Alan McKendrick, British cat, I think. But uh, n- nobody has a stranglehold on New York City like The Sweet Smell of Success. And uh, it's Tony Curtis's best movie, I think. And uh, along with The Great Imposter. And uh, Burt Lancaster is J.J. Hunsicker. Unbelievable. And his sister, her daughter, ends up marrying Rick Rockwell. J.J. Uh, Hunsicker's sister is the mother of the girl who ends up marrying Rick Rockwell. And so you want to marry a billionaire after 10 minutes. Just a little wriggly fun yeah, fact for I, you. So match I'll me, ask. Sydney. So the, uh, the White House has uh, let uh, all of our airlines know that uh, they're strongly considering suspending all flights between China and the United States because the coronavirus right now is past 5,500, and we've had eight in North America. So uh, now 20 of our airports are screening for the infection, and they're feverishly working on some kind of vaccine or cure, and they'll be ready to – they've fast-tracked it. So they'll be able to start testing it in three months. <laughs> Which Only is, in D.C. can that be considered yeah. a fast track. That's to be very comforting to the people writhing around on, you know, a gurney right now in the <laughs> hospital uh, hallway. Were you, were you being too clever by a half saying feverishly? I'm so much more clever than I even realized, yeah. By the way, if you are coming over here on Sejuan Air or Stir Fry Air... <laughs> uh, the airline known as Panda Express. When... When they come to when the uh, stew comes down the aisle with the drink cart, she's wearing the Hurt Locker suit uh, <laughs> and the Andromeda Strain headgear, and she says, "Can I get you something to drink? Do not order a Corona. I'm just telling you, <laughs> it it is not going to play well. Even if you're joking, and I if I was no. sitting next to you, I'd laugh at that. If I heard it in my diving bell, but." Um, <laughs> The, uh, of course, they should shut the planes down. But I guess Trump's a little fucked here, right? Now, that, that seems like something a sitter at the net for Trump, something he yeah. would do. But he's, you can see why he's kind of screwed right now. We haven't lost anybody here. You know, I'm just trying to take China in general over when did we first hear about coronavirus or when did they start worrying about it? A month ago? I'd say about a month, yeah. Uh, 131 dead, right? I heard this morning. Uh, yeah, I think so. Name something yeah. quirkier that's caused, uh, do you think 131 people have choked to death in China over the last month? I'm just saying, when you're talking about that immense, a, uh, you know, a, a f- numeric field, I'd be intrigued to see what else 131 people have died of. So 
you know, I, I, I can say you can say you've got a bad strain of something, and indeed a week from now when you and I are the only two left sitting in our own shit, uh, you know, trying to read books through broken glasses, smoking ruins of a library, maybe I'll look bad here. But at this point, I don't know that they can shut it down because I think, you know, he's got the trade deal, yeah. just being honest. And I think G's probably said to him, you know, this really fucks me if you shut down air travel right now. I got a panic on my hands to begin with. And it just seems soon. And here's the unfortunate thing about the way the universe works. You just pray to God you're not the ante that shuts it down. Because, you know, we always get wise after something. Somebody croaks. Yeah. And uh, if I had to say right now, am I disappointed in Trump for not shutting it down? Yeah, I don't want to always be, uh, people say you're blindly, yeah, I think he should, but I, I guess he's got trade problems, and I guess he works actuary tables, like uh, major airlines, you know, if you go back and <laughs> they say they've got charts on, uh, it's almost like planned obsolescence charts, or uh, 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 what would be acceptable losses, that's sort of William Westmoreland craziness. But uh, I'm sure that uh, we'd like to see nobody die, but unfortunately I'll probably take that and uh, then they'll do it. And you always think, wow, somebody should do a case study on all the poor bastards who had to be the societal ante on any of these. You guys going to kick in? Yeah. But uh, at this moment, they have not shut it down. Although I saw that they uh, landed a plane with 200 Americans from the Wuhan province today. Yeah, 240. 240, and they had the, uh, I think they landed them in uh, um, CNN's Nielsen ratings. <laughs> so, so just to keep them way, way out there at the pillars of Hercules. And, uh, but that's, uh, wouldn't that be a, a five episode arc for Netflix, Christian? Uh, absolutely. A group of 240 people and how. Well, like I said, L.A. is such a pussy town that you know after the big one hits, there'll be reports of cannibalism within two and a half hours at Beverly Glen, you know, near that deli there. <laughs> you know, they come across you and you're with your best friend and you're gnawing on his femur. Cops yeah. go, hey, it's it's one thirty. It's happened at 11 a.m. <laughs> you have to look up and go, too soon? Too soon? L.A. is so health conscious, they'll only feed on the body of dead vegans. <laughs> and... Uh, but, um, yeah, I think he should shut it down. If it was closer to the election, I'd say he would. See, I'm not completely devoid yeah. of any introspection about Trump. But I, I think he is doing a really good job. And I, I don't see all the downside they see. I know there are people out there who, I, I guess, believe he's secretly rounding people up and incinerating them and that. And I don't think that you could sit on that news now. I really don't. I'm not trying to be a prick here. I know people say, oh, you wouldn't see it. I don't think you could, in the, the press, the press might be able to do it for somebody on the left because they certainly sit. But Trump, if Trump was systematically eliminating even tens of thousands of American citizens, uh, a la Hitler, which they always accuse him, I think you'd hear about it because I don't think they're in the business of doing him favors. I mean, I hear about his personal phone calls and shit. So uh, I really think that we'd hear about it. So That's I just what the deep state wants you to think, Dennis. Yeah, I just, uh, here's this fucking moron, John Roberts. <laughs> he's the chief justice of the United States. Look at this drip. He thinks he's important, too. Uh, you know, uh, you, you wonder how he's leveraged uh, that he would let Obamacare go through. I mean, because Philip Anglum doing Elephant Man, Sans Prosthetic, did not have to contort himself as much as John Roberts did in the Supreme Court decision saying that it was a uh, uh, not a uh, penalty but a tax. I mean, Jesus. I don't even read these things, but I read a monarch note of a cliff note of a synopsis of a <clears throat> Universal Pictures coverage of that decision. <laughs> and... Uh, Christ, he went way out of his way to preserve Obamacare, which I, listen, I'd, I'd like to uh, help the 30 million people in this country who need health care. I would just like to enter through the 30 million people door as opposed to entering through the main foyer and flipping everybody else's on their way there. Because I don't want to have shitty health care. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I worked hard. 
And I rolled the dice as broken as 30. I, I bet to an inside straight I hit it. I'd like to have good health care. And I know by saying that I'm a pig, but I guarantee you anybody would want good health care. And if you can pay a little extra, I don't believe in that one, sir, one, what do they call it, a single payer? Single Correct, provider. Yes. Single payer. Listen, fine if they even go to that, but I don't get that whole thing where if you want to spend more of your own money, you can't. Doesn't that seem like crazy punitive? I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you on that for sure. I, I, you know, if somebody has some money, and I know we're all supposed to have exactly the same, but I have not glimpsed that part of life since I was first cognizant. I'm trying to think. Everybody says they have memories of five, and I don't. Do you get that, Christian? When's your first memory? I do remember things from when I was four. A couple of important things from when I was three, but I don't remember things very well at that point. It's you know little instances, and then maybe it's just because my mom would you know tell me stories about things that I remember. What age is kindergarten? Uh, well, my son's starting uh, in just a few short months, so I know right. I Listen, registered yesterday. Turn so that age, Steve Harvey. Hey, people want to know. People want to know more about me. It's five. Okay, then I have a memory from five, so that's my first memory. So I guess I'm wrong. But did these people who. Uh, you know, go back into the, uh, oh, and I remember uh, I tried a Speedo on and I was still in the amniotic sac <laughs> and all the other zygotes laughed and I don't get that. Well, when I was two, I was aware of the scourge that was man-made global warming and I tried to get my family to change, but they wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the little man? <laughs> get over here. Get, I'm here. Get I'm here. Right Here's there. Some kibble. Here's some kibble. Let's hear a voicemail. Let me scratch under your chin. Oh, well, now it's getting uncomfortable. <laughs> Lindsay, turn your eyes. I was going to ask if you guys had ever, you were getting so close. Oh, yeah, all the time. Why do you think I still have this job after all this time? <laughs> because I'm funny? Because I'm talented? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, about these guys who have three ways together? Can you even imagine that? Uh, no, I cannot. <laughs> no, but Do you want to hear a voicemail? <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying you hear guys uh, who were in three ways where they weren't having sex. But right. Can you imagine looking over and seeing a friend? Would you just not howl? It depends on the friend. Maybe a high five. Maybe uh, can we get a selfie? You know. Uh, back to Aaron Hernandez. Oh, uh, Lindsay watches that. that. No, Lindsay watches it for some late night uh, to unwind. I, I did think, before watch bed. It. Yeah, it she's. Was great. I watched it all last night. Oh, last night. Three episodes. I, I think it's uh, three hours and probably 20 minutes total. Mm -hmm. God, was it well done. So disturbing in that he gets it in a way. I mean, he's on the phone with, you know, he's talking to his agent and the agent says, uh, you know, I might be able to still get you something with Nike. He's in prison, so they have all his prison calls. And he just laughs so like you would once it was somebody said something that's stupid to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you hear Hernandez go, Nike, he's like, what are you kidding? I mean, and he said, maybe you can get me a, a, a commercial with Smith and Wesson. He says that. <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> but he, he's, he so gets it. And there's a part of him that, <laughs> but then he has that weird thug life part, you know, where you can see he's playing that game. And then you mix in some closeted homosexual, I guess, and not happy. Or but they say he was happy with his sexuality. One of his his high school quarterback and he were lovers. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, probably unlikely lovers. They were both the stars of the football team. And uh, he said that Aaron was happy about his sexuality. So it's just such an odd brew of what uh, makes somebody. And I always think, I'm telling you, I, I always get back to these like Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that. And I know people say, oh, that's... No, but I have to make that a component. To, for a human being to think he can pull up to somebody at a stop sign and just fire into a car, I'm not sure they even get within a million miles of thinking about ending another person's life or something. It seems so they're dead in that way. And I often think, wow, what, what has happened in the world? And then let's face facts. How long have we had really hyper-violent video games? I mean, Pong when did you first see upsetting. that? Thirty to thirty-five years, thirty years ago, or something? I'd say that's about right. I think the before that, the graphics really kind well, of. I don't been think it's the entire cause, but people say it's not a contributing factor. I always think mm, I see too many events where guys stride down halls. It seems in 
you know, matrix gear firing in the rooms in that. It kind of reminds me of, a, you know, that from what was the first one on, you know, outside Denver, uh, the high Columbine. school with those Columbine, Columbine. Columbine and it, they seem video game-esque. You can't figure it out. Uh, that's what's so creepy about it. You listen to him. You watch his skill set. The fact that he just made $40 million, uh, the fact that he's a New England Patriot, and um, it's like I say, the confluence of events that leads him to croak what seems like a very nice guy. And, and you know who was super hip in that documentary? I thought, Lindsay, was the uh, sort of switched on, I can't tell if he's white or Hispanic brother who played... Oh. Mm-hmm. Semi pro ball with Odin. Sure, yeah, that guy was really. Was he not a beautiful cat? Yeah, because he kind of saw both sides of things. Like he yeah. was obviously angry, but he could also see that Aaron had a hard life growing up, and there were other factors. Boy, whoever that guy was, you talk about having a stranglehold on the human condition. Mm-hmm. Very hip, and I, I can't explain who he looks like. But maybe like the the Netflix has a new show about a messiah guy. Oh, I saw that. He has that sort of look about him, like, uh, you know, uh, long hair and that. And, uh, long, curly, black Hispa- hair. Yeah. yeah, Hispanic. But he was, geez, now that was an, uh, an appreciable man mm-hmm. or a man in full. Anyway, uh, I would watch it. I was fascinated by it, and I had not watched it because I thought, oh, that's going to be too sensational. But I don't think it was sensational. I, I thought they did a pretty amazing job on it. And they had a bunch of things to pick from, including, as I said, his monitored prison phone calls. And I'm not sure how those end up in the public domain, but maybe through the case. And they, uh, and what about that lawyer who came in and got him off on the second thing and put it on Bradley? Well, he was pretty amazing, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He was adept. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened that night, but he's, I remember thinking, oh, sometimes I think if I was on a jury, I'd be too set in stone. But I don't know, Lindsay, did you have a moment at least where there was a reasonable doubt in your head after he posited what he posited about the other guy, Bradley, and showed those pictures of Aaron Hernandez? You know, I, I can't say Hernandez didn't shoot those two guys, those two poor bastards who were at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, but I couldn't say with 100%, and I guess that's all it takes for you to say not guilty. Is that the case? Yeah, you just have to have a slight doubt, but it did. I did also feel like Bradley had some kind of implication. Yeah, it was... Uh, anyway, I would give it a watch, uh, and uh, multi-layered. Boy, the human condition is... I, I would say it's like a... Uh, artichoke in that you could peel it back but those leaves seem infinitely too thick compared to the the tensile strains of the human condition it's like a rose more like that you know i always think of a if salvador dali painted an artichoke uh, like a melting clock face mm-hmm. you'd have a rose and the intricacy of the rose when you peel those things back and you realize oh there's another 30 of these before i get to any pistol and stamen and the human condition is like that times a power of 10. Just unbelievable how many layers there were. But then you get to the end of the day that he killed a good man. I'm glad he hung himself for that. There you go. What else is up? Well, I wanted to uh, play this uh, voicemail from uh, Blake from North Carolina. Been meaning to call for a while. I saw Dennis on the Ben Shapiro Sunday special. Actually, was listening to that interview while I was cleaning my gutters out about fell off the roof when he started talking about his days at Monday night football and the artist and the, the good call, good call. But, um, so been meaning to call you guys for a while, Dennis, love your podcast. A great memory was when you were talking about a fat woman wearing spandex looking like the Emerson Lake and Palmer Tarkas album cover. My, my dad had that record when I was growing up. And I remember looking at that armadillo tank thinking it was one of the coolest things I'd seen um, and playing that record on my record player. So I just really, really enjoy your podcast. Keep up the great work. Never miss it. Hope you guys have a great 2020. Thank you, my friend. And my detractors would say my listeners always have their mind in the gutter. 
<laughs> we we laughed. Jimmy and Cognac and light up a cigar. We're fabulous. We're Don Lemon. Christ, I'm watching a guy speak in the Senate here. Jason Crow, he's, Democrat from Colorado. He's got such a bald spot, he's pulling hair over from a surrogate's head. <laughs> a little follicular caddy who travels with you. And you try to measure him out at around two to three inches shorter than you. He rides right off your shoulder. Like Kip Kano before the last lap in the steeplechase in the Olympics. And then he would hit the jets. But the guy rides right off and you pull hair up from his head. Because did you see that guy walking off, Chris? Yeah, I did. I just It's like a flesh yarmulke or something. <laughs> like a Hasidic Kojak. All right, what else is him? Hasidic. Yes. Is it Hasidic or Hasidic? I've heard, Hasidic I've heard is both a, pronunciations, but uh, I always uh, just go I with think Hasidic. Hasidic uh, is a Hasid with reflux. <laughs> Hasid reflux. Uh, President Trump uh, unveiled a uh, peace plan for the Middle East, and I don't know if you need to know any more f- about it other than the fact that he announced it alongside Bibi Netanyahu. Uh, the Israelis like it, and the Palestinians hate it. All oh, the Palestinians can't. What's that old aphorism, Christian? It's so apt, and I can never remember it. It's, I always have to stop it halfway through like I do. Fool me once, shame on. <laughs> that shame on, then you have to stop. Yeah. And say, okay, what is this again? Fool me once, shame on you. Yeah. Me. You. Yeah. You. Yeah. See? Well, there's the uh, Middle Eastern version of that where if the uh, if the Jews laid down their weapons tomorrow, or no, if the Palestinians laid down their weapons tomorrow, there would be no war. And if the Jews laid down their weapons tomorrow, there would be no Israel. So, right. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a corollary on that where a, dev, a developer is somebody who wants to build a house in the woods and an environmentalist is somebody who already owns a house in the woods. <laughs> Very wise aphorisms. But, uh, yeah, of course, they, they can't. That's their raison d'etre. And sorry to overpronounce the R-E, but I can't do... I, I feel like I'm feigning that I'm Maurice Chevalier or Yves Montaine if I do that. I always feel like an asshole when I come over trying. It, it, it makes me wince like when I have to say panties or something. <laughs> um, you said panties so quietly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, they live for that. That's why they get up, to kill the Jew. I mean, the Jew. We, we all have something that keeps us going, you know? Yeah, you know, the, the Hitler handed it off to them. So they... Uh, or I think they even, I don't know enough about the Middle East and that, but they've, they've disliked the Jews for a long time. Yeah. Right? This didn't start last Wednesday. No. What I know about the Middle East is it's hot and I don't want to go there. <laughs> That's a, I know that there probably should have been like a joke part of that, but mm. it's just how I feel. Uh, I've jo- often wanted to uh, go there and uh, put a uh, Dear St. John note in that wall. You know where people write things? Yes. Put it in <laughs> wall. The Wailing Wall. I'm leaving you. I've met another saint. <laughs> Joe Biden in a uh, an no, appearance. What a shit for brains. Well, guy he's is. listen. He here's the thing about <laughs> Biden. When he wasn't in the early stages, of, or I wouldn't even say early anymore. When oh, he wasn't no. in the mid- midstream dementia, he was Full a shit. Yeah. You know when he was smart and on top of it and hip and in command of all his faculties, he was a shithead. So, you know, this, somehow this is leavening his shitheadedness for me, where, I, you know, I, I'm not quite fond of him, but at least I have to say, well, that's legit shithead. No. But, uh, you know, I always found him most off-putting when he acted like he was the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. And I wanted to say, brother, you could be doubling out at a photo mat and not be the smartest <laughs> guy in the room, you fucking creep, moron, third guy in the car on a sun. <laughs> well, so what Biden do well, now? It's like he's... He uh, could literally uh, shit himself. I'm sure he has. <laughs> and, and hold on to 27% of the vote. Well, if you remember, we've talked about it before. His uh, teeth almost fell out during a debate, but... Uh, I know. Yeah, he seems he's up there. He's got that. Cujo eye, <laughs> Mr. Ed teeth. He shits himself. 
And he would get 27% of the vote. Good job, Debs. Well, it's like he's running for class president because he's promising things that he can never deliver. Uh, deliver. He's saying that uh, he would like to make Michelle Obama his running mate and then appo- appoint Barack Obama to the Supreme Court. This yeah. was at a public well, event. He said this. You know, all I hear there is my internal polling's worse than you in the public <laughs> polling. It's worse than Rasmussen. Yeah. Because he's going to have to start playing that card like he and, you know, I remember when Barack and I, uh, early 60s, we broke all the TV norms on I Spy, where I performed under <laughs> the name Bob Culp. We had the first interracial TV kiss. Yes, it was uh, Raymond St. Jock and Barbara McNair. He's an idiot. He's, he's enough of an idiot that he could be the Democratic nominee for the presidency. But you know my feeling. I've been saying it for ages. And I saw Hillary this week saying she has an urge. When was the last time? Ask Bill when the last time Hillary had an urge was. <laughs> How old is Chelsea? Jesus Christ. She had an urge the night Archibald Cox split <laughs> the Watergate thing. <laughs> or was fired. Sorry. Well, the uh, um, the latest but, polling is showing uh, Bernie. Wasn't getting... Archie Cox the like, Cary Grant's name, by the way? In uh, the North no, his real name is oh. Archibald. Oh, Leach, Leach. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, the latest polling shows Bernie at fi- he, up fifteen in New Hampshire. Yeah, and uh, also mm-hmm. uh, strong in Iowa. So people are starting to go like, oh, oh wait, could this be the guy? Christ, they had to have a license plate up there. Uh, Live free on half of your money or die. <laughs> You know, live off of half of your nest egg or die is their license plate. If you don't have that written down on your little pad, I would suggest you should write that one down. I like really? that one. Yes, I like that very much. Maybe right, you know, next time you're on with Ben Shapiro or Officer O'Reilly, I think that's a New good New Hampshire yeah. license. Here's the thing. What is it about me as a debutante that makes me want to put a C in after the S in license as I write this down? L I S. I guess it's my urge to be uh, continental or yeah. European or something. Sure. Because there's no C there, is there? Mm-mm. Not not L I S. Not on this side e- of the pond. And limey. E N C E or E N S E. E N S E. Correct. What Lindsay said. Yay. So it's L I S E N S E. Correct. That doesn't look right. To no, me. no, I know. Got up. Uh, Lindsay. L I C E N S E. I what Dude, the fuck? you're fired, Christian. <laughs> I knew there was some so. C somewhere. So it, it's not L I S C. It's L I C. L I C E N S E. So you're expecting me? You're sitting there like a little fucking imperious, drunken white, you little jagger. You didn't even know. You're expecting me to listen to this when we've got Bruce Valanche and Pearls on our television set right now. I can't think straight. She's a very handsome woman, Zoe Lofgren. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) I just saw what you meant. Yeah. Well, with that face and hair, I can tell you those are actual pearls. (laughs) 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 Did you get that? Yes. Oh, look. That's a tight joke for just looking up and seeing her. Come on. That's great. That's a nice word, Savior. New Hampshire license um, says, live on half of your nest egg or die. Right. Live off of, on, you know, live off of half of your nest egg or nut. I think and nest egg because not, nest not egg. implies the uh, three away from earlier. I thought you were going back to the law friend joke. Um <laughs> Live off half of your nest egg or die. All right, there you go. Hey, why don't we do a game where we come up with an alternative license plate for each of the 50 states? I love that. Because I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Uh, We have uh, Mike from Alabama wants to thank you for helping him save money. I just wanted to thank you for saving me $10. I mean, 10 bucks is 10 bucks. All I did was type Dennis into the promo box when I ordered my skylight picture frame that you talked about before the holidays. My wife is not easy to buy for, and she loved this gift. I am fighting the temptation to give the picture frame special email address to some of my sicker friends so they can send her some special pictures. 
Well, we've been together 25 years, and I don't want to screw things up now. Love your podcast, and always remember to like, share, and whatever else it is they tell me to do. Thanks a lot. Uh, I love that guy. Good for you, brother. Thank you. That's funny to me. And by the way, Christian, when you worked as a male whore Mm -hmm. in the Netherlands... Why'd you put it past tense? When you work as a male yeah, whore in the Netherlands, and they put you in the uh, the window mm-hmm. out in front of the whore ho- the male whorehouse, yes, and you splay your legs mm-hmm. to get people to come in and try the veal, as they say. <laughs> I call it. Um, yes, you refer to that as your promo box, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and uh, uh, just looking to have it filled. With your God, I'm, re- I'm so glad I regathered promo box at the end because I didn't have it for a second. I said, what was that phrase? And I thought, if I go through this exposition, this is so sick oh, and dark, so and I funny. forget the payoff. But I remembered it. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.